From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday, the 1st of November, 2022. Good afternoon. Today, we're going to be talking about the suspension of the Russia-Ukraine grain deal. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing just how far the Bank of England might go in raising interest rates later this week. But first, Putin walks away from the grain deal. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday said that he is suspending, although he did stress that he's not ending, the grain deal in Ukraine. In essence, this deal was originally brokered by Turkey back in July in an attempt to allow grain to be exported from Ukraine through the Black Sea safely, without Russian warships interfering. By and large, the deal has worked well and grain has made its way safely out of Ukraine. The Russian president decided to pull out of the grain deal, claiming that Ukraine had attacked their fleet in the Black Sea using a safety corridor. Despite this happening on Monday, a total of 354,500 tonnes of food was transported from Ukraine through the Black Sea on the same day, from a total of 12 different ships. One of these shipments went to Ethiopia, where the Ukrainian Defence Ministry claims the real possibility of mass starvation existed. The withdrawal from the agreement by Putin has not gone down terribly well with the wider world, with the US claiming that Russia is now weaponizing food. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said something similar, arguing that Russia is blackmailing the world with hunger. Nonetheless, this isn't the only thing that Russia has done recently to provoke a negative reaction from the international community. It has been reported today that Russia has deployed hypersonic missiles to a Belarusian base for the first time. The concern has been that Russia has decided to station the MiG-31K jets, which carry the missiles, on Belarusian territory to make it easier for Russia to strike more of Ukraine. However, stationing jets there doesn't actually increase the amount of Ukraine that they are able to hit. So some are now thinking that this move is simply to try and send a message to the West and to try and present Belarus as in some way complicit in the war. The international community very much still holds Russia solely responsible for the war though. Their continued attacks on civilian infrastructure has done little to win over countries to their illegal war. Yesterday, Russian missile strikes on key Ukrainian infrastructure left some 270,000 homes in the capital of Kiev without power and 40% of the city's residents without water. Ukraine are still determined to hold their Russian attackers responsible. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. The US Department of Justice has confirmed that David Wayne DePape has been charged with assault and attempted kidnapping following the attack on the husband of the House of Representatives Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. According to the criminal complaint filed, DePape, in a recorded interview, stated he was going to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage and talk to her. If Pelosi told him the quote-unquote truth, he would have let her go. If, however, she lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. DePape later explained that his plan to break Nancy Pelosi's kneecaps was so that she would be wheeled into Congress. 
something that would show other members of Congress that there were consequences to actions. Nancy Pelosi was not, however, in San Francisco at the time. Depape has been charged with one count of assault of an immediate family member of a US official with the intent to retaliate against the official on account of the performance of official duties and one count of attempted kidnapping. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. South Korea's police chief has admitted the emergency response to a fatal crush in Seoul that killed 156 mainly young people was inadequate and accepted a heavy responsibility for failing to prevent the crowd surge. 156 people died and 152 others were injured on Saturday night as crowds gathered in a narrow downhill alley in Itaewon, a district in Seoul popular for nightlife. It was the first Halloween since the beginning of the pandemic without COVID restrictions in place. The police chief said an initial investigation found there had been many calls to the police in the hours before the horrific incident, with people warning of the increasingly dangerous situation. South Korea has declared a period of national mourning, and the country's president said it was a tragedy and a disaster that should not have happened. The UK's Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, has come under fire for her comments yesterday, in which she described the number of asylum seekers crossing the channel into the UK as an invasion on our southern coast. Her comments in the House of Commons came just days after a man attacked an asylum processing centre in Kent with petrol bombs. Two minor injuries were reported and the suspect took his own life. Immigration Minister Robert Jenerick was asked about his boss's choice of language and said, In a job like mine, you have to choose your words very carefully. And I would never demonise people coming to this country in pursuit of a better life. Braverman has also recently been criticised over her role in the deteriorating conditions at an overcrowded migrant processing centre in Kent, operating at more than double its capacity and where people have been kept far longer than the overnight stay it was designed for. And lastly today, a team of Iraqi and American archaeologists have discovered stunning ancient artwork unseen for some 2,600 years in the ruins of an ancient gate destroyed by ISIS. Professor Zainib Bahraini said the discovery is really very heartening because so much was lost during the ISIS attack. It did provide some comfort that these things can never be destroyed because they'll always re-emerge in some sense. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of how far the Bank of England will go with interest rates later this week, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. 
Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.